Well, good evening, everybody, and Merry Christmas Eve. I'm so glad that you're here worshiping with us tonight on this Christmas Eve service, and welcome to Bethel. I'm glad that you're here. It is a uh, great night to worship the Lord and praise His name, and uh, I've sensed and feel His presence among us as we're worshiping the Lord together tonight. Do you have your Bible? We're going to look at a very familiar passage of Scripture, the Christmas story part of the Christmas story that we find in the book of Luke. And so chapter number two, Luke's gospel, chapter number two, it'll be on the screen as well, beginning with verse number one. Now it came about in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was the governor of Syria and all were proceeding to register for the census, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, that's called Bethlehem, because he's of the house and the family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. And it came about that while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he's pleased. And it came about when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began to say to one another, Hey, let's go straight to Bethlehem then. And see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement that had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things that were being told them by the shepherds. But Mary, she treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen just as it had been told them. Father, thank you for this story. Thank you that it's recorded in your word, the Bible, so that we might never forget the great truths of your coming for us. Father, tonight we ask that this old story would be heard with fresh ears. And that we might hear the truth of the gospel for us today. Holy Spirit of God, do business in our lives. We are listening. Speak to us. 
In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk about the greatest message of all, the Christmas message tonight. And as we look at this proclamation of the angel to the shepherds, so I want us to pick up some of those great truths that were told to those shepherds on the hillsides of Judea, just out on the outskirts of a little place called Bethlehem. Those of you who've been to Israel with me, we always go to Bethlehem, and we also go outside of the city to the shepherds' fields. And there still today, shepherds keep watch over flocks on the outside the little village of Bethlehem. In this village, it was in the middle of the night, they were keeping watch over their flocks. This birth, this miracle birth has happened without notice or fanfare in Bethlehem, this peasant couple from Palestine coming all the way from Nazareth along with a horde of other people because of this census find little Bethlehem swollen and filled with visitors and there's no room in any inns for them to stay in, no relative to stay with and she gives birth to a baby and they're in an outbuilding And the baby's laid in a manger for a cradle. And seemingly no one notices, but all heaven makes sure that this announcement's proclaimed. And on the outskirts of Bethlehem are these shepherds. Why shepherds? Because the Lord is our shepherd. And he came to the lowest class of people to tell them that there's good news of great joy for all people including you. Oh, Now, it was outside in the dark of night, and they were keeping watch over their flocks by night. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and the glory of the Lord shone all around. Now, that was a bright light, wasn't it? Now, the other night I came up here at church. I had a meeting, and, uh, 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 and I needed to come to my office for a Zoom meeting. And so when I pulled on the parking lot, the parking lot had a bunch of cars in it. I thought, I have forgotten an important meeting or something. <laughs> and they are all pointed toward the southwest. Well, they've come up here to watch the alignment of the planets in that big light that was in the sky. And so I thought, I didn't miss a meeting. But as I watched, they were all stargazing that night. But I, that pales in comparison to what the glory and the shining light that fell among those shepherds as an angel of the Lord stood in their midst. And the Bible says, and they were terribly frightened. Wouldn't you be? This towering hulk of a mighty warrior of heaven is there as a messenger speaking to these shepherds. And I think the message that we want to look at tonight It's just really three things I want to say. First of all, the very first point we need to understand, the first words out of this angel's mouth is a word we need to hear tonight. Do not be afraid. Never in my life have I seen so much fear and people acting out of fear as today. 
We're fearful for about so many things, and that fear causes us to be frustrated. That fear causes us to be angry, and that fear causes us to get mad at each other, and that fear causes us to hide, and that fear is eroding and killing us. But sin has always brought fear into our lives. There's this fear of that we, it's a message we need to hear today. Do you all agree with me? Don't we need to hear it? Don't be afraid. We're afraid of this virus. We're afraid to wear a mask. We're afraid not to wear a mask. We're afraid of financial fears. Afraid about losing our job. Afraid of governmental control. Afraid of politic, political issues and unrest and the future. And if you read on the internet very much, you're going to want to... There are fear mongers everywhere. And conspiracy theorists everywhere. I'm thinking about creating a couple this weekend myself. <laughs> and if you believe all that baloney, you're going to be wringing your hands in fear all the time. I am not going to be afraid. My God sits in heaven, and he's on the throne, and he is not wringing his hand. I will not fear. We're afraid of vaccines, afraid of no vaccines, afraid of the future. What if this? What if that? What if it? Stop it. God's got it. Now, are we going to care for each other? Yes. Are we going to be wise about how we act? Yes. Are we going to be respectful? Yes. But we're going to trust in God. Amen? Amen. These shepherds had fear. What kind of fears might haunt these shepherds well first of all they were afraid of some political stuff Herod was the king just in Jerusalem down the street by the way he was nuts as a matter of fact the Bible says when Herod was troubled all Jerusalem with him got troubled because when Herod ain't happy ain't nobody happy because he's crazy have you ever been ruled by a crazy person? Oh, don't answer that. All right. But let me... <laughs> I heard that. Now, I think they were also afraid of being left out in a cold economy themselves. I think they're afraid of governmental right, uprisings. Any kind of weird conspiracy group could get together and start an uprising against the Roman government, and that could bring the whole weight of that government as it did in A.D. 70 and absolutely destroy Jerusalem. So I think there's a reason to have fear, but the, this night, listen to me, this night that wasn't the fear that haunted them. Let me tell you what the fear was. The fear was that they were standing in the presence of a holy one. And they knew their unholy ones. And that was real fear. And it brings fear because sin is in us. And when we have sin in us, sin separates us from God. Sin also separates us from each other. In the book of Genesis, the story that we know about the very first man and the first woman, and how, do you remember how God said, be fruitful, multiply, enjoy this creation I've made, work with your hands, enjoy one another, intimacy and sharing and working and labor and life was good. You can enjoy all of my creation. There's one tree you'll not eat of. If you eat of that, you will die. Don't disobey me here. And that's the tree in the middle of the garden. And Satan comes to her, he tempts her, he said, 
Has God said you can't eat of any of the trees? She said, yeah, we can eat all of them except for this one. We can't eat it or touch it. He said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. The day you eat of that, you'll be more like God than you are now. He's holding out on you. You can really know God if you eat that fruit. And she looked at it. She desired it. She wanted to be more like God. And she was deceived and she ate and gave it to her husband and he ate too. And both of them sinned against God. Immediately, their eyes were open. Immediately, they felt that they were naked. Immediately, they're trying to make coverings for themselves. Immediately, their fellowship is broken. Immediately, they feel a separation between them and God. And they hide themselves from God. And they blame their failure on each other. This is how sin affects us. Sin breeds insecurity. Sin breeds distrust. Sin brings a conviction that we're not holy and God is holy and I feel judged or condemned in my sin. And also, sin reveals the frailness of our life. Sin results itself, it makes, the result of sin is death. The soul that sins dies. So sin brings running, hiding, cover-up, blaming, justifying. This is the effect of sin. And the angel's words to them is this. Fear not, because I'm bringing you good news. God is with us. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? I'm reminded of Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your good. God, I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen. The second message here is, I bring you good news. He says, don't fear, I bring you good news. And tonight, I want you to listen to me. I want to bring you good news. Anybody here want good news tonight? Here's good news. The good news is, yes, there is bad news, but there's good news, and it brings great joy for all people. And what is that good news that brings great joy? It's this. The bad news is true. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's true. The bad news is all we, like sheep, have gone astray. Everyone has turned to his own way. The bad news is the wages of sin is death. The bad news is the soul, the person that sins, shall surely die. That's the bad news. And the bad news is that sin brings death and disease and destruction. And the bad news is sin is pervasive and it destroys relationships. Sin separates families. Sin destroys marriages. Sin and betrayal brings distrust in relationships Sin brings injustice in our world. Sin brings hate and racism and ugly speech. And sin brings war and poverty and bondage and captivity. But I bring you good news of great joy that will be all for all people. For born for you this day in the city of David. 
David is the city where the Messiah is going to come from. It was the city where King David, as a shepherd boy, was anointed to become king of Israel and was the greatest king of all of Israel. And God promised, there will be a king on your throne forever. And my Messiah anointed one will come from your line. And there's been born for you this day in the city of David a rescuer, a deliverer. A Savior. <laughs> he's going to deliver you. He's going to bring justice to injustice. And He's going to bring wholeness to hurt. And He's going to bring forgiveness to guilt. And He's going to bring captivity. Uh, he's going to bring re- release from captivity and bondage. And He's going to bring life from death. And he's going to bring peace from anxiety. And he's going to bring riches and blessing from poverty. And he's going to bring love instead of hate. And he's going to bring mercy and grace instead of legalism and condemnation. And he's going to bring hope for all the world. And it's for all people. Without discrimination. He didn't come for just Israelis, praise God. He didn't come for just Jews, praise God. He didn't come for Americans only, praise God. He came for all people, every tongue and tribe and every class and every society and even lowly shepherds. He came for all of us. And he came to rescue us. And he came to save us. In the book of Isaiah... Talking about the prophecy and the coming of the king. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, and proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion giving them garland instead of ashes, oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a mantle of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. John the Baptist was wondering, are you really Messiah or not? As he's held in captivity, as he's wondering, are you really the Messiah Some of his disciples come to Jesus and his disciples. They're questioning, are you really the Messiah? And In chapter number 17, it says, And summoning two of his disciples, John sent them to the Lord, Are you the expected one, or we look for somebody else? And when the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you. Are you the expected one? Are you Messiah or somebody else? And he at that time, cured many people of diseases and afflictions and evil spirits and granted sight to those who were blind. He said, you go tell John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive the sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. He said, what was prophesied in Isaiah 61 is happening, baby, right now. That's who I am. Amen. He is Messiah, the anointed one, the son of David, and he is Lord. Adonai, born this day for you in the city of David, is a rescuer, a savior, who's Messiah, the Lord, Adonai, meaning God in the flesh. 
John said it like this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. Glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Charles Wesley wrote this hymn among the hundreds and hundreds of hymns he wrote, and we sing it at Christmas. Come, come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set your people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart, born thy people to deliver, born a child yet a king, born to reign in us forever. Now thy gracious kingdom bring by thine own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone. By thine own sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. We need a Savior, and that's good news of great joy for all people. The final point I want to make tonight is this. You can find him today. After these angels said this, and they broke out in a heavenly chorus, I would love to have heard that sing, song on the hillside. The, the angels left, and the shepherds said, Hey, dudes, I'm not staying out here. I'm going to see in this thing they just told us about. And they left, and they went and searched until they found the child, just as the angels said. You can find him, too. The shepherds sought him. The shepherds acted on the message that was given to them. Now, the question for you tonight is this, on this Christmas. How do I find him? First of all, you've got to believe the good news that's been preached to you. The shepherds believed. Secondly, you need to act in faith by trusting and doing. I, I tell you what. In order to find him, you've got to leave where you are to go where he is. <laughs> so they left the fields and they went to Bethlehem. And so you too. When Peter preached, they said, what must we do? He said, repent and turn to God. You need to repent of your own sin and selfishness. Leave that and turn to God in faith. Repent and turn to God that your sins may be wiped out and seasons of refreshing may come from the Lord. Seek him in your heart. I know he seeks you. I know he takes the initiative in it, but you seek him too. Isaiah 55 says this, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord, and he will have compassion on him and to our God, and he will abundantly pardon. Ha, isn't that good? Now, that's a Christmas exchange that's better than any Christmas exchange y'all are going to have in the coming hours. This is no white elephant exchange. This is not the kind of Christmas exchange that you can't wait and say, you know, where'd you buy this? I'm going to take this back. <laughs> this is not the kind of Christmas exchange that you hold up and you say, 
what size did you think I was? <laughs> no. This Christmas exchange is perfect. Because you are exchanging your sin and you're receiving his righteousness. You're exchanging your rebellion and receiving his forgiveness. Your betrayal and his faithfulness. Your condemnation but his acceptance. Your death, his life. That's his love for you. That's his love for you. John chapter 1 verse 12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Have you trusted him? Have you received him? If not tonight, you need to trust him and receive him as Savior and Lord in your life. Louis Redner was a musician, organist, uh, and wrote music, played in church, and uh, was a philanthropist and gave to charity and was, uh, wrote a song that uh, he never thought would be popular or well-received even. He named the, the music uh, that he wrote St. Louis, and the name of the tune was called St. Louis, still is called St. Louis, simply. It was written in 1868. As a matter of fact, the church where he was the organist, the pastor was a well-known great preacher of the gospel named Philip Brooks at Episcopal Church at the Church of Holy Trinity in Philadelphia. And uh, Louis Redner said that Philip Brooks came to him on a Friday and he said, this Sunday is Christmas Sunday, and we're having our big Sunday school service with all the children, and I have written a poem. Would you set it to music and write the music for this song? It was Friday. He didn't have it written. He didn't even have a clue. And Saturday, he was in charge of helping teach the children the, the Sunday school conference that was happening on Christmas Day. And he says, I was just caught up with, what, with the message and the lesson for, for Christmas. And he said, I, the pastor saw me on Saturday. He said, have you written that music yet? He said, no. And he said, in the middle of the night, Saturday night, God woke him up whispering the tune in his ears. He said he went to a music sheet of paper with a score and he wrote out, he wrote out the music as he heard it in his head. And he said, all I could write out was first the treble tune. And then just before church, he wrote out the harmony. And then they sang it for the first time on Christmas Day, 1868. And he said, I thought to myself, this will be the first and last time this song is ever sung at church. The pastor wrote the poem, and you know the hymn. And the name of the hymn is O Little Town of Bethlehem. Isn't that good? Now listen. Why don't you listen to the words? O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep. The silent stars go by, yet in the dark streets shineth the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Now listen, 
How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessing of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin where meek souls will receive him, still the dear Christ enters in. Holy child of Bethlehem, descend on us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us. Abide in us, our Lord, Emmanuel. Amen. Father in heaven, have your way in our hearts and our lives. You are indeed are the light of the world. May we receive you as our Savior tonight. And may we have the, the darkness of sin cast out and the light of your love fill our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.